All right. Hello, Idiots on Parade, the Too Ugly for TV podcast. Hi, Jake. How's it going? Things are well here, Jake. Thanks for hanging in there. Uh, listeners, what was going on is, uh, fuck, I told Jake we could record about 53 minutes ago, uh, but the show I was at started late and uh, had an interesting experience, Mr. Jake. Yeah? Was it? Yeah, had uh, had a very, very, very drunk heckler get thrown out, and I thought the cops were going to get called because when the uh, the bouncer came over to kick him out, he just started, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. And uh, the bouncer's like, you, you got to leave, you got to leave. And like, it was one of those things where people were getting up to, you know, see what was going on. You could hear something going on outside, and I'm on stage going, all right, nobody's paying attention to me, so yay. What'd you say that set him off? Did you uh, did you bring up that that dog that died in the overhead bin? That's a touchy subject for people. Actually, I did bring it up, but he was already thrown out by then. <laughs> oh, he would have gotten even angrier about that. I bet. No, here's what it is. This has happened to me twice in maybe ten years, maybe probably even twelve years. Um, you know that I uh, have performed for the troops and that I talk about it on stage and, you know, I, I don't make fun of troops. I just talk about, you know, my experiences performing in Iraq and Afghanistan. And this is only the second time this happened where the guy is so drunk and I and everybody at his table said he's a complete asshole. It's one of those things where after the show is over, everyone's coming up to me going like, dude, I'm so sorry about that. That guy's a fucking asshole. Um so I don't know if it's PTSD or I don't I don't know his story, but this is the second time that this has ever happened to me where I say so um, like and I'm, I'm probably 40 minutes into my set. Like I've been on stage for a long time and then I go, yeah, uh, so I'm a comedian. I've been very lucky in that uh, I've been I've been able to go overseas and perform for the troops. And instantly he yells out like. You fucking ever serve? And I'm like, nope, I've never served. I just, I'm a comedian. I've, I've been very lucky. He's like, well, fuck you. Why don't you fucking serve? Are you pussy? And I'm like, okay. You know, like the instant I say I perform for the you, troops. I guarantee you those kind of guys, they, their units didn't really do anything. And they were the biggest pieces of shit in their units. I, I guarantee you those guys were. Well, and, and two guys at his table. Like he was at a table of at least 10 people. And and what's funny is five of them walked by and went, hey, sorry about that guy. He came with another guy. I don't even know who he is. So apparently he only knew one person at the table, but at least two of them walked up and said, dude, I'm a vet too. And you said nothing, you know, disrespectful or wrong. He's just an asshole. And like you just said, who knows? But only twice in my life, like the instant I say, like, I haven't even done a joke. I just say, hey, I've been very lucky. I've performed for the troops. Fuck you. You ever serve? What's wrong? You fucking disrespecting the troops? That was the other guy. The other guy had happened in, um, oh, shit. Where was it? It was in Michigan. It was in, uh, where the Trojans, what, the uh, East Lansing. It was in Lansing, Michigan. And the guy, and, and afterwards, this counselor came over and said he suffers from PTSD. And the instant he hears anybody even mention the military, he goes off on them like they're disrespecting him. And that's kind of what this guy did. All right. So I, I've mentioned this on the show before, but I, as far as people who serve in the military, I, I believe that most of them can be put roughly into one of three categories. I'm not saying there's not some crossovers. I'm not saying there's not any other weird categories. But I think about 80% of them can be put in category, needed a job, they had sign-on bonuses, whatever. Free college, you know, it's a 
it's a financial thing. It's, it's career. Right. Movement, well, that's right? why you did it. You said yeah. you did it just because for something to fucking do. You're like, I need a job. I want college money. So fuck it. You signed up for the military. Right. I couldn't. I couldn't see doing. Uh, I couldn't see the pizza delivery job that I had at the time taking me anywhere. That's essentially it. Right. So I, I think that was a good eighty percent of the people I was in there with, and then ten percent of them are just hardcore patriotic love America stars and stripes all that shit right so it's 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 about 10% of them um and then you have this other 10% which are people that are too dumb to do anything other than the military okay they need somebody <laughs> waking them up and telling them where to get food and and they're they're just fucking dumb right like they're they're dumb 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 you know and I don't what know, was a I'm not uh, no. I'm what's up? Uh, 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 um, full Metal Jacket. You're talking about what, what yes. they call them in Full Metal Private Jacket? Golden Pile or yes. Pile? Yeah. And I'm not saying that you will do well in the military if you're that fucking dumb. No, you will be the shit bag of the platoon, and good chance you will blow your brains out like Private Pile did, or you just go on after the army to be a shitbag at whatever you're doing, and you constantly do not shut up about being in the military. Um, and that's, that's just, it becomes this whole persona of, I know I'm a shitbag now, but I'm not really a shitbag because I was in the military. You know what I'm saying? And so that's, that's, that's who's yelling at you at a show about this kind of shit is that guy falls in the 10% of people who were too dumb to wipe his own ass and can't even really keep jobs at McDonald's or something outside of the military. And so they get super defensive about anything regarding the military, and they they will not shut up about it afterwards. And that's why I had not just the two guys at his table, but overall, so there were probably eight people. So two guys at his table, and then six other people came up to me and said, hey, I'm a vet, I served, you were fine, that guy's an asshole, you didn't say anything wrong or disrespectful. And like I said, I didn't even have a chance to say any disrespect. You know, like, it's not like I went, hey, I performed for the troops, fuck those guys. What you know, like I just said I performed for the troops and he was off and running until he got kicked out. And like I said, it's one of those situations where you look at the audience and every head is turned away from you because they're all watching the guy yelling, fuck you, fuck you, to the bouncer who is saying, just fucking leave. Just take your anger and leave. And then when the whole audience and especially yeah, no one cares about a good, you, solid Tinder joke when someone's getting beat up by a bouncer, <laughs> you know, exactly. It, it really shows you that uh, no matter how good you get at stand up, you, you will never be. Even as entertaining as a mediocre UFC fight, you know, like the world's best comedian has nothing <laughs> on the world's shittiest boxer. What is I think we've talked about this before, but let's revisit it since we're just bullshitting. I you've told uh, your the story of uh, you. You heard it. You weren't there. I always forget with Colin. Uh, and that was his worst audience, Colin Ryan, um, the famous in Iowa where someone had committed suicide and he made a suicide. He talked, he pretended to hang himself because he was doing so poorly and that pissed everybody off in Mount Vernon. What is your worst story where you pissed someone off so bad? I, I haven't thought of mine in years, but it just popped into my head. I remembered it. Do you remember yours or do you want me to go first? Because I have one story that 
Not really. I mean, I've had I've had people leave, but that was like early on when I when I kind of sucked anyway. <laughs> so if I had a time machine, I probably would have fucking left too if I had to sit through that. So I yeah I I, I don't think I've ever really pissed anyone off bad enough to where they were like cursing at me or threatening me or something. I've only done it well, and and I I almost said when I've only done it a couple times, but I've never really done it. I've never done it to where I I've said something that deserved getting pissed off at the only couple times that has happened to me has been like what i just talked about a knee-jerk reaction but the only time i've ever felt unsafe in a comedy club and i exited out the side and had a friend that was in the audience drive me back to the hotel because i had walked there the hotel was like several blocks away but i'm like i i don't so what happened was i was in uh salt lake city and this this group of four people it was a small audience. It was like a Thursday night show where there was only 20 people in the audience to begin with, I believe. And these four people were just drunk, just drunk. And they, and this, this club was like BYOB. It was like an all ages. So if you wanted alcohol, you had to bring it in yourself. Oh man, like that's, that. that's no good. People are going to get way too fucking trashed because you're going to, you're going to have people who just basically do what I do and buy cheap, uh, homeless man liquor, and they're, they're they're just getting blitzed off of like ten dollars. Right, exactly. And so they they were completely drunk, and they fucked up the hosts set, and then they fucked up the features set, and then I got on stage, and they were just belligerent and talking through me, and I just paused and I said, you know, like I probably when I was just starting out, I might have you know shut the fuck up or gotten into a fight, but over the, I haven't like in I I don't know how many years. I don't do that anymore. I just turn around like, hey, hey, what's going on over here? Can I talk to you? You're you're being really loud. And if you don't like me, that's fine. Maybe I'm not the funniest comic in the world or I'm not your thing. But you can't talk like this. Can you just, just leave, okay? I mean, or just be whichever it is. And this lady just yelled at me. She goes, my friend got shot today and fuck you. And everybody in the audience, I can't remember the story exactly, but they all knew what had happened because it was like this famous thing that was in the news that day. Yeah. Like, uh, there were, she said, my, my friend was at the 7-Eleven or some shit. And everybody in the audience went, ooh, because that was big news. They all knew about the 7-Eleven robbery. And I said, wow, I am so sorry to hear that. Unfortunately, you coming here and getting drunk, it doesn't help any, you know, like, yeah. I get that you're in a lot of pain and your friend got shot and that's horrible and I, I'm not... Uh, but you can't sit in here and get drunk and, and yell out and they lost their shit on me and two guys stood up and started screaming fuck you you fucking disrespect my girlfriend for her friend getting shot and fuck you and they they they're I'm gonna fucking kick your ass I'm gonna kick the shit and and like I'm like okay and then they got thrown out and just the vibe was really fucking weird but it went it went on for like three minutes where they're yelling based fuck, on you, your friend's your tendencies to uh, scream at people. I'm going to say that that guy instigated the shooting, you know? <laughs> but that was the only time I've ever felt like weird and unsafe where, and I, the funny thing if is. If anything, I wish more of your friends got shot today. Your friends seem like dicks, lady. <laughs> what are you doing? Quit hanging out with assholes. They won't keep getting shot. In fact, uh, I think that your friend got shot today because you're an enabler. Have you ever tried to th- maybe take some responsibility for your friends getting shot? This is a regular thing, right? I'm guessing this is a regular thing. 
Uh, so, you know, I wish I had thought of that because then I would have gone on that path. But, yeah, they got kicked out, and then the club somehow blamed me for getting them angry. I'm like, really? Because you guys sit in the office and fucking play video poker and don't monitor your audience? You just come out when the guy's yelling fuck you at the comedian and assume the comedian did something wrong? Thanks. Appreciate that. Was that the bring your own beer one? Yeah, that was the bring your own well, beer see, place where they... I'm shocked that they... Uh, defend the drunk hecklers as much not defend but sort of ignore uh because there's this i i can see how in a in a regular bar or comedy club that's selling the alcohol there's sort of a love hate thing with the drunks you know right exactly because well yeah, they're, they're drunk they're but that means they've bought a lot yes they have the biggest tabs in the place so on one hand, if they get too annoying, well, now you're annoying the other people who collectively have a bigger tab than you. So we got to get you out of there. However, um, you don't want to do that until you get to that point because you are going to buy a lot of booze. And that was a weird thing. Like I said, it was all ages. So there were like 15-year-olds there, which I wasn't told when I got booked. And then you just show up and you're like, oh... Oh, there are kids in the audience, not like six-year-olds, because no one's that dumb. Even though it's all ages, you're not getting like 10-year-olds in there. But when there's a 15-year-old in the audience with their mom, it's kind of like, oh, well, what should I and should I not say, you know? And then that creates yeah. a weird vibe. So, yeah. But like you said, who are you catering to when you're just trying to sell the tickets and the, 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 the cheese dippers or whatever the fuck you do make your money off of? Yeah, but it's a good point on you because it it takes a lot to get kicked out of some places because if you're buying the most drinks, well, you're the one in charge. Yeah, that's true. Especially um, if 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 it's a bar show or something, then they're they're like I I only have comedy here because my bar is failing. Um, no bar opens the bar, <laughs> and exactly. dude, I I comedy shows tend to be the death rattles of a bar. There's not many bars who own it going, hey, you know what we could do with, yeah, yeah, you know, you know what I could do with this back room is I could have people come tell dick jokes back here into microphones. No, no, no one's thinking that. (laughs) Unless it's like, oh, I'm opening this to be a comedy club. Exactly. I do have, and I haven't thought of this in years, uh, and I, I think we've talked about it in the podcast, but it's worth repeating some of our best stories. I have a best heckler story. Do you have a best heckler story? Best heckler story. I'll I tell I mine and you think, think of, of yours. I can't think of a best heckler story, but I, I gen, generally tend to like them just because most of the time they're they're not heckling in the sense that everybody always thinks of a, of a heckler as somebody being like, hey, fuck you, or I don't like the joke or something. Normally they're they're just sort of in the moment and they're adding to it, and I I yeah, can I know now what you mean. Yeah. be interactive with them and I can kind of I can now mold my bit off of what they said and it seems like it was kind of you, you know I, I get to riff a little bit and then go back into my bit and now my bit has uh, just that that little salt and pepper of spontaneousness to it, if that makes sense. Um, it does, and I, that happens a lot, and I enjoy that too. I think every, I mean, it depends on what level. If you get someone over contributing, then they can be a pain in the well, ass. Well, right, and that, that's when they get annoyed is if they're so drunk that they feel the need to just keep talking. But I, right, I can honestly just sort of, if if I'm getting laughs off of what they're saying, I'll just start cutting them off and then keep getting laughs because I'm going to go into something that I know has a punchline and shit. 
And so they're they're going to feel like, oh, yeah, I don't. And they're going to feel foolish if they talk and get stepped on and then I get a laugh. Exactly. Yeah, I hear what you're saying. Well, I'm, I'm thinking about this now when I talk about my my best hecklers. Are like, I'm, I'm this fucked up thing when you talk about hecklers. It's like, what, do you get heckled every fucking week? If I really think about it, I have maybe five heckler stories over about 20 years, probably. Yeah, my memory, uh, shot, honestly, I'm such a fucking drunk, man. Like, I, my memory is, 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 is really bad. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of late. You know if you've been heckled. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I'm sure... If, if you sat me down earlier in the day, and plus, you know, I went skiing this week, and I, I've been, uh, actually skiing, skiing, not blow, um, but it... Uh, Did you play football like a Kennedy and run into a tree? No, no, I, I, I mean, I bumped the tree a little bit, I guess, but uh, <laughs> I, 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 I did get drunk while skiing, and I got drunk at night, and, and so I've had a lot to drink this week, dude. <laughs> Oh, drunk ski. That's hilarious. Dude, boozy ski. Either way, is I, I just, I just, it's like you talk about heckling, and suddenly the impression might be like, do you get a fuck on heckle? No, it happens very, very rarely. But here, here's my favorite heckling story, which I may have told you in the past, but since you have a shitty memory, I can tell you again. Um, because the, this is one of those stories like, there's no way this is going to happen. This is, this, this is just fucking insane that this happened. Yeah. This goes back to when I'm just starting comedy. You did a okay? jacking off and a plant joke, and then an angry, bald movie producer started yelling at you. <laughs> and then come to find out, it's like, oh, he thought I was ratting him out. He thought I was he thought I was starting the Me Too movement. No, that's not what was little, going on. Little too close for comfort there. Yeah, no. But it, actually, it's the exact same story as what you just said. So what happened was I was just starting comedy, and my buddy got a gig hosting at this comedy club that was two hours from Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and he had a day job, so he'd drive up and back. So he said, do you want to go there with me? And I'm like, yeah, fucking, I'll drive with you. So we, I drove up on Wednesday night, and there was this beautiful, just, she was fucking smoking hot woman in the front row, and she heckled the entire fucking night. She yelled at my buddy, she yelled at the feature act, and she yelled at the headliner, and, like, nobody did anything about it in the club. And so me, I looked at her and said, all right, if for any reason she comes to my show, I am going to shit on her. I mean, what are the chances of her? Because I was hosting there the very next week. I should explain that. Yeah. So I wanted to go to the club and see, and, and sh- but what are the chances she's going to go to the comedy club two weeks in a row? People don't do that. Well, fuck me, she did. She showed up at the comedy club, and she started heckling uh, me a little bit, and I yelled at her. I said, hey, fuck you. Don't talk during my act. In fact, you should just shut up, period. Aren't you happy to get a comedy show out of tonight? Don't they usually just rent you and take you back to the hotel? Yeah. And I thought that I was the funniest guy in the world. The audience hated me because they didn't see her the week before oh, yelling gotcha. for 90 so minutes. You, you dove into her right away. This, exactly. this next night. Oh, yeah, yeah. The next week, <laughs> I just shut her, and the audience was like, well, that guy on stage is a complete fucking asshole. He just, oh, you know, yeah. called this woman a whore, and all she did was speak once. Like, I, and, and like, there was no forgetting this woman. From the week before when I went with my friend, and she, and, and she badgered my friend after the show. After the show was over, she was in his face going, I, she was drunk, saying, I was funnier than you. You didn't have an act without me. 
And uh, that's how I got to know her, like like a memorizer and go, okay, now I know what this woman looks like. So if she shows up, and sure as shit, when I was there the very next week, she was front row center. And like I already said, I said, you should shut the fuck up. Don't they usually just, you know, why are they bringing you to it? And so, but the thing is, she shut up. She didn't heckle the, the feature act, and she didn't heckle the headliner, <laughs> who, I will tell you this, the headliner that week was Larry the Cable Guy, but he was not famous. He was just this guy, Larry the Cable Guy. So, neat little nugget to that story. His day anyway. job was actually being a cable guy back in that. <laughs> exactly. So, you cr- you anyway. crushed her spirit so bad, you demoralized her into doing uh, amateur porn on the internet for the rest <laughs> of her life. And that woman went on to become Stormy Daniels. Yes! Yes! You were, you were the best, worst thing that ever happened to her. Yeah. Well, like I said, the the audience hated me. So here, here's you are not far off. You are not far off, and this is the part of the story that is too good to be true, but it is fucking true. So after the show, I'm kind of hiding in the corner, like because I I have to as the host. I didn't just get to take off after my horrible set. I had to you know go up after the feature and bring the headliner. Wait, up. I'm not far that, off with the amateur porn thing. Well, here's, so I am after the after the headliner leaves, after Larry the Cable Guy leaves, I have to go back up on stage. Hey, everybody, thanks for coming out. You know, fill out your comment cards. And I know every comment card is going to say the host was an asshole, but whatever. So I go, and I'm just trying to get the fuck out of there. And there's the beautiful woman who had been heckling the week before who I yelled at. And she said, and, and th- this is, again, I couldn't make this up. She was talking to her friend, and she said, this whole night is bullshit i hated every second of it first the comedian calls me out for my job and then the cop that put me in jail for it was sitting in the table next to me and i'm like are you fucking kidding me she was an actual call girl and i i oh, nailed wow. it i was just fucking around <laughs> <laughs> it was real just her line she said the cop that put me in jail for it the comedian makes fun of my job and That's the cop that funny. put me in jail for it is at the next table I'm tired of getting hooker shamed every time I come in here and heckle. It's bullshit. (laughs) How does every one of these guys know that I suck dick for money? (laughs) I'm not even even wearing my uniform. God damn it. Those are, if I really think about it, those are the only heckling stories I have. I have, I said I maybe have five. I've told four. There were two military guys that went off. There was the... Utah and that oh there's one more this is the last story I can think of Um, I was in Cuyahoga Falls at one of my favorite comedy clubs the funny stop and this guy again he yelled at the the opening comedian he yelled at the feature act and when so I got up the headline I just tore into him and he started getting like angry like I'm gonna kick your ass and I kept egging him on like fuck you you're not gonna do shit and the only reason I did it the only reason I got into it with him is because what he didn't know is that I had a table full of professional wrestling friends right there in the front row. Oh, nice. (laughs) They were these huge guys and women. Like, these were some cut fucking women doing, you know, like amateur-level professional wrestling. The guys that want to get in the WWE. But they were all big, and they all knew their shit. And when the whole shit... And the guy got thrown out, and it was hilarious. And, And the audience was like, holy shit, what are we seeing? And after it was all over, my friend came up to me and said... 
you know, if he had set one foot on the stage, we were all going to jump up and beat the shit out of him. And I said, yeah, that's the only reason I was egging him out is because I knew I had backup. Otherwise, I don't get into it with the audience. And they're like, oh, we were wondering if we were going to have to fight him. <laughs> but that was literally the only reason I, you know, I, I, I usually don't get into fights with the audience because it's not my place to. But I thought that was funny. Like, eh, I've got some backup here. I, I could take him on. It's always good to know. And plus, if, if he got beat up by a whole table full of, of pro wrestlers... They would have, like, tossed him around and, and beat him up in, in dramatic fact. <laughs> they would have been given yes. suplexes, and it, it would have been ridiculous, man. Jumping off tables on him and shit. And they probably would have had a backstory to it, too. Like, uh, like I, I don't know any wrestling yeah. stories, but you know how wrestling always had a... Like, you were the one that took my wife when I was over in Nam, and now I have to give, avenge my honor. You know, like, they yeah. would have created a backstory to, uh, the, to, to beat him up. Not only did you do all that... But you're denying it in front of all these people and pretend you've never met this whole table full of them. God damn it, the nerve of you. I'm going to suplex your your cheating uh, ass while uh, while I was in Nam. How dare you? <laughs> oh, yeah. But nothing like the story we've told with Colin Ryan where he was in Mount Vernon. Uh, we've talked about this a couple times. We even talked about it on, on the podcast where... For the listeners that didn't hear that one, just go look at for the Colin Ryan podcast. It's called Media Blackout. Yeah, it's that somewhere was brutal, in there, man. and he uh, he he was doing really really left wing liberal jokes to a very conservative audience who fucking hated him. And then he made a gesture like he was going to commit suicide, or like, and there had just been a suicide in the town, and they thought that was super disrespectful, and he was doing it on purpose. He wasn't doing it on purpose, but they thought that he was making fun of suicide, and, yeah, they fucking wanted to kill him. Yeah, no, I, I went there the next night, and the, the Booker guy was just telling me, Oh, he did this kind of joke and that kind of joke and that and I was like, man, that's it's like all my material. I didn't, you know, mm -hmm. I'd only been doing comedy in like a really left-leaning place, so I was like, this shit'll kill everywhere. <laughs> that's all. <laughs> I, I didn't know I, I'd been in it like a month. And then you go to rural Iowa, yeah. and you're like, this isn't like a college town. Not Wait so much. a second. Yeah. Mm. I mean, they're fun stories. You know, in retrospect, but at the time, you're like, what is wrong with you fucking people? Who goes out of their house to, like, literally, to have a... Who goes to a comedy club to be angry and have a bad time? Like, like going back to the, how this all started, what you said, the guy that's just so fucking dumb that he joins the military because he can't... And, and to the people listening, Jake is saying that from a point of having been in the military. He's former military, so he interacted with him. And, and he knows, and I'm just dealing with a guy that is angry the instant he hears the word. or you know, Dude, like, it was always the that? biggest pieces of shit in our unit who, like, after, after a deployment was done or something, or after they got out, they were constantly, they would just, just constantly plaster themselves. Everywhere they went, they had some kind of t-shirt about it or had the hat going or felt the need to drop it into any conversation and yeah I'll, I'll i'll tell a story about the army if it comes up you know if it's if it's something kind of like oh this is a funny thing that happened or this reminded me of this or it yeah if it if it comes up it comes up but i i don't feel the need to constantly throw it around because well i've i've done shit since then it's not it, it's it's not how i have to define myself as because I, I don't know I can do stuff other than that 
I think the only person, well, I mean, obviously, if you're SEAL Team 6, you got a story that you can always tell. Right. But, like, the only person I really know personally that, that is a friend of mine and is a friend of yours uh, that could that has a story that should come out at every opportunity is Bobby Ray Bunch. I mean, he should, like, whenever he meets people at a dinner party. Oh, yeah, about, about the, party, the ladies banging the, yes, um, yeah, yes, that, yes, that was yes. A good one. I mean, yeah. And for the listeners who don't know, I, I think it was episode four, but I don't know if it's yeah, available it's right now because then. I stopped putting up. Old, yeah. old, long story short, long, he was a guard at, I believe it was Balad, and there was a female guard whose daddy was a general, and she had daddy issues. And uh, hand to God, he said that she would just uh, drop her pants, put herself up against the fence, and like prisoners of war fuck her through the fence. Well, maybe this was a new kind of chemical oh. warfare. Maybe it was that same lady that heckled you, that same prostitute, and yes. and she wasn't using a rubber. And what she was doing was she was giving all these detainees AIDS, and uh, <laughs> you know what I mean, or just just new ones we don't even know about in the civilian world, you know, or even the military world if you don't have a top secret clearance. Uh, but yeah, that's what I think she was doing. I think she was killing these guys slowly with venereal diseases, or she'd give them something really bad that just burned. You know what I mean? Like one of those weird yes. ones that you'd hear. Lifelong guys, pain. Yeah, yeah, no, just something. Lifelong itch. Yeah, yeah, but it would it would come on quickly. You know, like you you would hear weird stories of guys coming back from Nam who slept with a hooker there and. And you, you know what I mean? It made it made his whole junk swell up and burn. She gave him something like that, and he'd go to the guards like, "Oh my God, that lady I banged! Hey, turn my whole stuff purple, and it's three times the size, but not in a good way. Not in a good like like penis enlargement <laughs> kind of way, like a bad inflammation kind of way." And the guards would be like, "I have the antidote, but you got to tell us where your cell operates out of." You know what I'm saying? Oh, Who's your leader? Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, that's that might have been what was going on there. So we don't know. I don't want to pass judgment on this lady. I, I don't want to say she was doing a bad job. I wasn't there. I've never met her. Yeah, you and I weren't there. This is a story we heard from someone that was there that got to witness it. But uh, yeah, yeah, take that, terrorists. You 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 got the, and and the, my favorite part of the story is like the first thing. As a guy, I don't know, you think of like, oh, man, was she hot? And he's like, no, she was not attractive. So you have these these guys uh, banging and getting, yeah, it, it, I mean, that's that's subversive. It's it's better than waterboarding. It's better than waterboarding to, to get the swelly dick, uh, purple dick itch pain to, to get information. Unless you're one of them BDS and M kind of guys, you know what I mean? Some guys pay good money for waterboarding at, at sex dungeons in this city. <laughs> they might, they might. Well, we've uh, yammered on for about a half an hour, which is what we do. Jake, you got a caller of the week or anything uh, fun to talk about with your work? Or we we were going to talk about um, Kentucky voting to ban mm. child marriage. Yeah, yeah, um, I'll, I'll do that one real quick. Yeah, because I, I was I was out, I was skiing and stuff, man. I I wasn't at work most this week, but that I I read an article on that that said there's 25 states where that's still legal. Um, yes, I read the same article, or maybe there are other articles, but yes, and that blew my mind, because the joke I made was, a hey, way to catch up to 2018 Kentucky, and then I read later that 25 states still allow, and, and here's the fucked up thing, here's the thing I think is fucked up, when the Kentucky legislature was debating whether or not to end child marriage, they had groups lobbying against it, 
saying like, oh, big government coming in on parents' rights. What if uh, what if I do want to let my 14-year-old girl get married to this guy? It's like, Jesus. Who wants to do that publicly? Do they at least, because that was my first thought. I'm like, did they at least wear masks when they were trying to lobby for that one? I mean, if I was one of those guys, I would be, even if I felt very passionately in favor of child banging, um, I'd be worried about my hard drive getting checked at that point. You know what I'm saying? Going forward yep. with that group. I, who's sitting there loudly and proudly going, I, I thought this was America. You know what the founding fathers did when the British told them not to bang 14-year-old girls? They threw their tea in the goddamn river. That's what I'm doing here. I'm taking a stand. Uh, and but the the reason I found out about that is because there was a legislator that said, "Well, we have to be uh, concerned with parents' rights if that's what they're talking about." I was like, "No, you really don't," you know. But I mean, because they the this story, the like the person that sponsored the bill was 14 years old, and she met a 29 year old guy that, you know, wanted to bang wow. a 14 year old, yeah. and just oh god, and then, uh, well, Kentucky. Good on you for doing the right thing. What I, I'm, the, I'm the 25 other states. What the fuck is wrong with you? Well, I, I sort of want to give some of those states the benefit of the doubt in that it, it didn't get real specific about those 25 other states. Like I don't know if that was a complete, um, uh, just sort of non-regulation. Like any anybody of well, any I, age can marry an adult. No, I can I can tell you. I can tell you. I've got a I've got a color chart open right here. Or is it like oh you can no get married age at sixteen minimum. or something? Oh, here we. I've got a color chart. Places like New Hampshire, thirteen is the uh, minimum age. Wow, that, you Iowa, know there was haggling on that too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like some well, guys were going it, eighteen, and they were like. Fuck you! What are you a prude? Nine, you know. <laughs> <They're> just like, <laughs> well, Iowa. They, they I can't tell the color. The color chart. They should have done it like red, green, blue. But what they did it is like light blue and then darker blue and then. So I can't tell the difference between fifteen and sixteen really. But yeah, like it light blue like New Hampshire thirteen. You can get married. A little darker blue like Maryland, 14. Iowa and Illinois could be 15 or 16. Then there's a 17. Guess what state 18 is the legal limit to marry? Guess which state has that? 18? Yeah. Guess which state? Like there's only one? Well, there are two. Virginia is one state where you have to be 18 to get married. And the other one is... Texas, of all the fucking states, wow. don't tread on Texas, freedom from government. Texas says, fuck you, 18. But Michigan, Ohio, West Virginia, Tennessee, Kentucky, Missouri, Colorado, Wyoming, all of them, no age floor. Washington, Idaho, Nevada, California, you can get married at 10, 12, 13. Florida, Mississippi, Louisiana, Oklahoma is fucking insane. Like, so you read about New Hampshire and they're aged 13. You're like, wow, that's disgusting. But then you go next door to Maine. Fuck you. I'm marrying a 12 year old. Woo. Like, and like, look, it's one thing. I like how I say Maine and then I do a Southern accent. Like it's like it's in the South. Like the uh, automatic go to to accent for ignorance is South is Southern. But yeah, Michigan is fucking, you can get married. uh, So yeah, I wanted to talk about this and make fun of it and tell what you said, which is Kentucky's not the last one on board. They're actually leading the way. When I can I can almost see having it like okay, 16 or 17 with like the age buffer. Like if you're 19 and she's 17, right. yeah, whatever. Like fine, that's not 
you know, whatever. But I, I, I don't know. It's just wouldn't wouldn't you want to as as as, as legislators like wouldn't you want to just err on the side of not fucking kids you know what i'm saying like who are you who are you gonna offend <laughs> with with making the age to get married 18 who's who's getting mad at you there or do, do you really right. care about those guys that much uh, you shouldn't, but here's the other scary part of the story is the rates of child marriage have declined steadily nationwide since 2000 like holy shit, really? Two thousand? Like you'd think maybe the well, 1950s I can see un- under Clinton that kind of thing going up. Sure, <laughs> he was a horny sex offender from Arkansas. <laughs> I could, I could see that going up. Sure, well that's true, but I, I, I absolutely could not agree with your point anymore. I agree with you one hundred and fifty percent. If I am a politician and there is someone lobbying me for child marriage. I am not sure that I'm going to pander to get his vote. I'm going to go, you know what? I think I'm going to go the other direction and campaign on the bill I sent to the floor that says you have to be 18 and that a 40-year-old man cannot marry a 13-year-old. That That's what I... I am not going to pander for your vote, you fucking sick pedophile pervert. I, I don't know why, how these 25 states... This 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 is a mind fuck. This is a serious mind fuck. I mean, fuck. do you think maybe it's it's just that they don't have any laws on the books, but it's it's just sort of they the judges like they 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 just won't do it if they're if they're not a certain age. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's nothing official because like if if you put me in charge of marrying people tomorrow. If they were like, listen, Jake, um, we need somebody to do this. There was a, an earthquake, and all the people who are in charge of stamping marriage certificates, they, uh, uh, the ground cracked open. They, they, they fell into the abyss. We need you to stamp marriage certificates. I know you're kind of inexperienced. You haven't read all the laws. I'd be like, yeah, yeah all right. Um, if a 29-year-old came to me with a 13-year-old, I wouldn't have to flip through a lot of pages. You know what I'm saying? I'd just be like, nah, Fuck off! I'm 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 calling the authorities. You know, like I I, w- I wouldn't it, need a law not to do that. Yeah, I uh, I I have no idea. I think it it it. I mean, fuck! It could just go to like I said, one of those way fucking out of control states' rights, freedom, uh, you know, parental rights. Don't get big government involved because a lot of these states do have. You have to get the parental consent, but then you just have like, and and I I hate to sound like a Trump supporter here, but you do have, you know, immigrants where child marriage is still goes on in their country. So they hook it up here. My 14 year old daughter came home saying it was a permission slip to go on a field trip at school, (laughs) you know, uh, to go see the, some, some monument or something. I, I didn't read it. I was, you know, I was busy. Turned out it was so she could marry a 35 year old Austrian man. I haven't seen her since. God damn it. I got to start paying attention to these things my kids are putting in front of me. I just I can't rubber stamp it. I thought she was going to the science museum. Yeah, no. So, I mean, yeah, that's supposed to be the safeguard is parental consent. But some of them fucking give it. Who knows? The whole point was I literally thought we were going to step on here and make fun of Kentucky. And now I got Like I said, I got to give Kentucky props for fucking maybe putting a, a change on board. So I don't know. Yeah. I would just, I, I would love, I would love to see people arguing. I mean, as a politician, 
as a politician, wouldn't you be afraid? You know, you're, you're a state senator or something, you're a state congressman. Uh, you show up in your suit to do, to do the lawmaking, and you, you are arguing uh, in favor of, of, like, teenagers marrying adults. Wouldn't you be afraid come election year? <laughs> your, your, your opponent's bumper stickers are going to be read, uh, Vote for Johnson. I don't like to fuck kids. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> wouldn't, wouldn't you be kind of freaked out about that? Uh, one would think, but fuck, nothing surprises me anymore. I guess nothing surprises me. All right. Well, thanks for tuning in, everyone. Uh, leave your comments on the podcast, uh, what you think about child marriage, or uh, message us directly at uh, jakevevra.com, uh, nathantimmel.com. Jake, the, the website I told you about, it's up and running. The wife rebuilt my website, so kids, nice. go visit my website. It is a beautiful, professional thing. My wife deserves all the credit for that. Uh, tell us if you are uh, pro-child marriage, anti-child marriage, and and anything else. Or if you're a comedian that listens to this, uh, give us your heckler story. Shoot us a message with, with a heckler story. Or if you're ambivalent about child marriage. I, I'd be most curious <laughs> to hear that. If you're like, listen, I mean, I don't fuck kids, but I also don't tell other people how to live. You know what I'm saying? I don't like to get too judgy. I don't like to preach at people. <laughs> I do you, you do you. Or I do me, you do you. I do so, me, do you. <laughs> yeah. Either way, however you feel, let us know. And thanks for listening. And tell others to listen and Please go write nice things about us on iTunes and Stitcher and wherever else you get your podcasts. Tell your friends to listen. All right, oh, and thanks. also, if you're if you're near Astoria in New York, we are going to have the the Love Gurus podcast. We're doing a live recording in front of an audience next Monday, QED, uh, the the twenty third. So yeah, come to that. Or wait, the nineteenth. That is. Uh, I, I I'm tired. I'm not good with numbers. 19th. Yeah, that'll be the day this comes out. New podcast yeah. Monday, the 19th. Tonight, if you are listening to this on Monday when this podcast is released, go see Jake yep, and Astoria. All right. Later. Later.